0: Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you today on this crazy day? Man, it is getting it is getting crazy. It is getting crazy. It is kicking off, right? We
1: knew it was going to be another summer of rage. How are you doing today? Yeah, healthy, alive. Um, good day to you as well. Um, you know, I mean, and in, in, in my neck of the woods, it's. Uh I step out on the front porch, and it um, feels like I've I've transported back into the early 1990s. Um, you know, it's an older older subdivision, but kids playing in the streets. You know, you can uh, – neighbors walking their dog or whatever. I mean, it feels very, very – I mean, it's kind of – after looking at the news and what's going on right now and how it is here, it's almost like a surreal experience. It, 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 it's – yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I I wake up and I I walk outside and I I feel like I've stepped back in the uh, the early '90s too. I mean, there's Russians out the front door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I, I laugh, but uh, that that situation there in Ukraine uh, Man, that's unbelievable. is getting uh,
0: that that yeah. buildup is just. But you know something, the Biden administration is is very interested in it. Uh, they say that they're going to reinforce the 28,000 U.S. troops, or maybe it's 32,000. I can't remember. Trump was supposed to draw it down to 28, but I think he left office before that happened. I think we still have 32,000 here. But the Biden administration has said that they are going to send over more U.S. troops to bolster our position uh, in Germany because of the actions that are being taken by the Russians in Eastern Europe. Uh, and you're not going to believe how many soldiers he's sending over. You're not going to believe. I mean, the amount amount of soldiers that we're looking at in the last 24 hours that have moved in the eastern part of Europe towards Ukraine from Russia is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 25 to 50,000, depending on what reports you're looking at, because no one actually knows. But the Biden administration has responded and said, we're going to send additional troops to Germany because of those those maneuvers that the russians are taking because it's unknown how the situation is going to unfold so we might need to bolster our position here a little bit so um yeah he's he's going to send uh he's going to send 500 uh, over over to germany to reinforce uh,
1: we we have roughly like 38,600 currently okay uh, before this this um huge force that he's sending in to um uh-huh.
0: try to 500 it. he's he's sending yeah. 500 the five, russians five. have moved in if you believe the high
1: end numbers 50,000 in the last 24 to 48 hours and we're yeah, saying they're, 500 they're they're pushing 200,000 troops on the on the border uh, uh-huh. if you're listening to the high end of the reports uh, uh-huh. between since the first movements and today so uh, it's, we're we're sending in another 500 troops to be to be fair though um we kind of technologically overpower them just a bit well okay i'm not going to argue with that i'm not going to argue with that but 500 yeah that that's that's where i'm i'm i'm
0: Okay, if, if, if they're the, if they're sending in fifty thousand, let's say the Russians
1: are sending in fifty thousand, we can't send ten. Uh, I mean, you can move the troops from Germany over towards uh, that direction, you know, or, or something. I don't. I mean, I, know, I but, wouldn't. I I would no. I no, I, would, but, I would
0: I would I would hold them. I mean, we have a garrison of uh, of almost forty thousand here anyway. I would hold them here, but I I certainly would. I mean, hell. I, I think our forces are equal to, if not more, than the German army as it is now. So, I mean, we kind of work that together. You know, that's what allies do. You know, we kind of we work that together. But um, 500, r- really? This is the best we can do? <laughs> 500? Well, 1990, we had 200,000 in Germany. Yeah. So, uh, okay, maybe in the sense of, uh, maybe I don't feel like the 1990s, if that's the case. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind having 200,000 here again for the moment.
1: Yeah, especially when it's, you know, almost on your front doorstep, as you as you said, yeah. it, it's pretty close to home being being over there. The thing about it is, as well, why is he not sending defensive weapons over to there? Uh, like, we don't have to send troops over there. Give them some freaking Iron Dome systems. Give them some uh, more javelins. Give them more equipment to defend themselves against uh, Russia. Bruce, but they're not instead... playing ball. They're not playing ball. Zelensky's not playing ball. True. That that that's the bottom line. Is Zelensky is not playing ball. He's not capitulating to the um what was it their their version of the um justice what was the department they they created some department there and I forget it it, it was basically, it basically basically was like, the DOJ
0: yeah it, it was a, well it was it was that yes they they revamped their Department of Justice or what they would consider it to be but they also created an anti-corruption bureau that's
1: what it was yes
0: yeah that yeah, was headed up by the, probably arguably <laughs> one of the most corrupt individuals in
1: the nation in in government. Yeah. yeah. Um so that, that 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 was that was an interesting Artem uh, interesting Sitnake, I believe there. was his name. Yeah, he it was headed up by him. Yeah. And the the current president came in and basically he, he was cleaning up. Uh, more or less he ran on a similar platform to Trump, you know, drain the swamp, you know that that kind of thing. He was um Well, he was a comedian before this and uh, he non-politician i mean very similar um uh record as trump if you will Uh, i don't think he's a multi-billionaire but you know nonetheless so i'm 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 curious to see where this is going to lead with ukraine is it going to become even more corrupt because they have corruption problems still even even with this president that's purged a lot of it it was their money money or cash cow i guess you could say for the uh, uh, American politicians, they could send their kids over there to get various positions in, in from uh, different oligarchs, and in, in return, they would get uh, you know money, aid, what what have you uh, to to uh, yeah, you know. Uh,
0: that oligarch that you're referencing there, where's his private army that we
1: funded through the Obama administration? Where's that one? They're actually in the trenches right now. Uh, the oh. ones that you're seeing in the trenches—that are—that's basically the army oh. that w- w- was funded by us. The, the, oh, I got uh, you. How many? How many billions was it that uh, just disappeared? Uh, eight. Eight point, eight point two yeah. billion dollars, I believe. Yeah, and it just happened to disappear and went to like two hundred and some shell corporations in Latvia uh, that were all owned by this oligarch, and then all of a sudden Ukraine had this army. And this oligarch is basically a, a national hero now. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah.
0: Anyway. All right. uh, Speaking of Biden, right. But let's let's just spend a couple of minutes here talking about him because we're going to get into what's going on in Minneapolis and and other cities and what some of the squad members are coming out saying. So we're going to get into that. But let's start today with Biden. So that's what's going on over here. That's and the the Europeans aren't being told a damn thing about it. I mean, the, the, the Russians are amassing and no one's being told about it at all. It's it's disgusting. But but the covid cases are out of control and, and we're going to have to lock everything back down. We might have to pull those emergency brakes uh because the, the covid cases are I mean if we get more than 3 cases per 100 we're just going to have to shut everything down again. Uh and that's you know don't don't mind the, the you know the entire russian federation on your doorstep. Don't mind that. That's fine. But um, yeah yeah we- we got to keep you safe from COVID. Anyway, moving along. Why, why is it always these Europeans that are suicidal? I, I don't understand. Why Why are you idiots so suicidal? I don't get it. Biden wants high-speed rail for some reason. They, they always want high-speed rail. The, the left always wants high-speed rail. The American left, as compared to the European left, at least to the European left's credit, they know what high-speed rail is. They actually use it. But the American left doesn't quite grasp it. They think that somehow you just... Snap your fingers and it pops up out of nowhere. You,
1: yeah, I, I, I don't think they think that. I, I honestly don't think they think that. I think it's a, I think it's a bargaining chip for the unions and uh, to line their own pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a game to where you, you'll you'll give union jobs, if you will, right? So you make the unions happy, but then at the same time, you're putting investments into the companies that are going to be building. But, if you and know, they don't towards. build anything. No. And they don't build anything. Uh, th- that's the thing. And they just take the government money, disperse it out. And then uh, the, the politicians made some money. They made some bank insider trading, you know, all that stuff. Sell their stocks. The company within five, 10 years goes bankrupt. Uh, all the the heads of the company made some money. Uh, and, you know, there's a few hundred or thousand union workers out of jobs. And then they give them the next whatever. You sound like you're describing Solyndra. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, honestly, Ten- this is this is this has been going on since like mafia years. I mean, yeah. this is kind of a, well, yeah. a racket they've been doing for years. Well, yeah, but see, we shut down the mafia. Now. I mean, we don't we don't take them off the
0: back alleys anymore. Now we vote for them. Yeah, exactly. Biden wants high speed rail. They always want high speed rail and hypersonic planes. Uh, what did he say? 21,000 miles an hour is, is what they're going to go. Isn't that, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he that's
1: said. 21,000 miles an hour on a, on a plane. That's, I, that's I, pretty I, fast. I, I That would be an amazing um, uh, record to, to, to do in our atmosphere. Yeah, um, yeah. Considering I, I just,
0: the, the crew dragon that
1: Elon Musk sends up to the
0: space station, they do 24,000, well, that's kilometers per hour, to be fair. Isn't
1: it? No, I'm pretty sure it's twenty five it, it miles per hour. 25,000 uh, thousand miles, miles an hour. An hour. I, okay. I think so, yeah. All right. I think well, it's closer okay. to like, like well, 30 to hey, 40 kilometers, if we can achieve,
0: kilometers, Yeah, if we can achieve that in our atmosphere with hypersonic planes, okay, well, you know, that's and if we can you'll, do you'll that break with, orbit. Yeah, if we can do that with... Um, uh, with his infrastructure plan of whatever this is going to be, then that's great. Oh, but there's a, there's a problem though. Biden wants high speed rail and hypersonic plan. However, his infrastructure plan has none of them worked into it.
1: Oh, you mean, you mean the, 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 five, five to 9% that they designated for actual infrastructure won't pay for those things? Huh? No. Yeah. Um, by the way, just real quick for, for you sciencey people out there, uh, or non sciencey people, I guess. If you're a sciencey person, you probably already deduced this, but 21,000 miles an hour in our atmosphere would cause the aircraft to uh, basically liquefy. Yeah. And forget what it would do to you. Yeah.
0: Okay. Here's the thing high speed rail, I've been on high speed rail. They have it here. Okay. I've been on it. It's literally like taking a jet on land. Here's the problem the Americans don't have the infrastructure. To have this. The Europeans have built their infrastructure around it, and they've been able to adapt it going forward. On top of that, it is another way to travel here. It's part of their infrastructure. If We don't have that. We built our infrastructure in America around the automobile. We didn't build it around trains. We removed the trains. But these people that live in the Northeast... They travel on trains. But here's the thing. None of those lines are profitable. As a matter of fact, I think one of the only lines that was profitable was the line that went from Manhattan to Jersey. But I don't even know if that's profitable anymore. So they all run at a loss. They're inefficient. They're overpriced. They're uncomfortable. They're never on time. And you think that the U.S. government's going to be able to create a high-speed rail system? Here's the other thing you're going to create this. Okay. Biden said, imagine your family goes from one end of the country to the other and they don't even have to buy a tank of gas. That's what he said, right? On the high speed rail. Okay. When you fly, do you know what most of that ticket cost covers? Covers fuel. Fuel. Yeah. Fuel. Yeah. You have to pay for the fuel
1: in that plane, Joe. Yeah. You have to pay for that. Same with train though. If you do a high speed rail, you're, you're paying the electric bill for that train. So yes. you're... You're just shifting it from gasoline to the electric. Now, if you were using now, if you were generating electric using nuclear, okay, but um, we're not. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Well, no, you're, you're fine. You know, you're fine. The uh, the other other point I was going to make on it was the cost difference between flying. Like for example, let's say I want to go to Berlin on a high speed train. Okay, from where I'm at, Berlin by car is about six hours. Okay. Let's say that I want to. Let's say that I want to drive. Yes, it's going to cost quite a bit to drive because fuel prices over here are pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. No denying that. If I want to fly, I've uh, I've not driven to Berlin, but the reason I haven't driven to Berlin is a couple of reasons. One, it's too expensive, and two, it takes six hours. I can jump on a plane and be there in ninety minutes. I can jump on a high speed rail if there are no stops and be there in just about the same amount of time. As a matter of fact, I've I took a high speed rail from where I'm at to Amsterdam. And it took me four hours because obviously I had to, you know, make a couple other stops. Uh, but if it was a direct line, it would have been different. I think GP took a, a high speed rail when he was here. Uh, I showed him where to buy the tickets and all that stuff. Um, he bought the tickets and I think it cost him a hundred bucks to go from here to, to there. And he was there in a few hours. So like I said, it's like taking a jet on land it's Pressurized cars, sleeping cars, uh, restaurant cars, the works. I mean, it, it, they're nice. Yeah, they're, they're nice. Uh, if you pay a couple extra bucks, like Greta Thunberg, you can sit in first class and, and claim
1: that you're, you know, pushed out into the, you know, the hallway somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick. Uh, another thing to, to keep in mind with the, the train systems there that you're talking about the high speed rail and everything, uh, population density. Uh, that That's another thing. Yeah. The density there is just looking at Germany alone. You're, you're looking at 232 uh, people per square kilometer. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here in the U.S., it's like 92 per 150 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. So, so
0: you would actually like they're not even taking all that in consideration. You can pretty much walk to your local train station, wherever that is. My town has a train station. Two trains run through here every 50 uh, every 45 minutes. I'm sorry, every 45 minutes. But of course, the high speeds don't run here. So you have to take that to another station and then you have to take that to a hub. So if, for example, I want to take a high speed train, it's going to take me about 45 minutes to get to Frankfurt by train because I have to make two stops and a changeover to get to Frankfurt. Once I get to Frankfurt, then I can take the high speed rail to wherever I want to go. Or here they call it an ICE line, InterCity Express. So you can take it from one city to the next. But here's the thing. To take something over a short distance, this is what they don't tell you too. to take a high speed rail over a short distance doesn't do you much good. And the reason I say it doesn't do you much good is because the train can't actually get up to speed on land. It can't get up to speed because you have to slow it down. Yeah, at some point you have to slow it down. And so the train's not going to be as efficient going from point A to point B from a short distance because it can't get up to its optimal speed because by the time it would do that, it would overshoot its destination. So that's where the cost would come in. It costs more to actually do that. They don't stop to think about that. On top of that, let's look at overall cost. It costs maybe about the same, some t- depending on where you're going, sometimes it costs more and sometimes it costs less than an airline ticket. So the cost is is comparable, depending on the situation, right? Depending on how you book your flight, where you book it, when you book it, those kinds of things. Just like anything else, you book it last minute, it's going to cost you more. But depending on where you go, the cost is going to vary. But see, these are all things that they don't even consider. These are things that they don't tell you about. They just say, high speed rail, high speed rail. We need high speed rail. That's the future. They don't stop to tell you all these other things that are involved with it. And on top of that, who's going to run all that? Is the federal government going to run all that because Amtrak's been a great success? They're going to run this? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think we're arguing a moot point because it's not even part of the infrastructure plan to begin with.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe not now, but it's definitely something they might do in the near future. The the thing about it is saying that high-speed rail is the future. No, high-speed rail was the future 50 years ago. It's not high-speed rail anymore. Now it's hypersonic jets. As a matter of fact, I would argue... Okay, high-speed rail, I I would argue there's
0: another way of going about it. It's not necessarily high-speed rail per se, and when I say that, I'm talking about the system that they're they're in the process of doing in the United Arab Emirates, and Marty could talk about it. He'll be here tomorrow. So I would argue the future when it comes to rail travel, uh, and that's something that Musk has talked about too, about doing a hyperloop, uh, or kind of what uh, the Japanese are doing with a maglev. Because you're talking about something that's faster, that's something that doesn't actually use rail. It's using it's generating an electromagnetic field to levitate. So you know maglev, get it? So you can actually like the the amount of. Uh, speed that you can travel there is a lot faster than what you can get out of the current high speed rail systems that we're using now. So I would argue that, yes, there are advances you can make in those areas, not necessarily in the aspects of rail per se, but there are other technologies that are going to emerge that are going to show up. But that's not what any of these people are talking about at all. I mean, that would be one thing. But again, distance Right? Distance. They were talking about building a, a rail network in the state of Ohio, where I come from. And I remember when they were talking about doing this. And they were talking about, oh, this is going to be great. Those people in Cleveland are going to be able to travel to Cincinnati. Those people in Toledo are going to be able to travel to uh, Columbus. And the Columbus people will be able to travel to, you know, that's where the hub's going to be because it's right in the middle of the state and that's the capital and blah, blah, blah. But here was the problem the network that they were going to build. They released what they were going to do. It was going to take 15 years for them to build just the hub of this thing. And then on top of that, like they had to build the entire infrastructure. They had to build the entire thing. And then on top of that, the fastest speed that this thing would go would be 65 miles an hour. And it would cost you to go from Columbus to Cincinnati would cost you what was it like $200 to, to go from that's a two hour drive in a car that you can do on a quarter of a tank of gas
1: kind of sounds like a, almost like a Ponzi scheme to me.
0: Almost. I mean, well, needless to say, needless to say, the project never got off the ground, but I'm sure the money got spent accordingly.
1: Oh, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it just, those politicians, man, they got to have those, uh, you know, uh, waterfront uh, properties, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. The, the thing is, I'm okay with trying to advance for example, that that hyperloop doing the uh, pressurized tunnel system, the the with maglev incorporated as well to try to shoot the yeah. train well, super high speeds. I, yeah, I'm because with that
0: the idea was to connect Dubai to Abu Dhabi, which is where it was going to be tested, and that would have cut the trip to what they say like thirty minutes or something. And it's normally like a
1: three hour drive, I think. Yeah. The, the the tech that they were proposing, well, for example, Musk was proposing the idea of um, doing one that was basically a, a, a rail gun. Essentially, you would sit in, in a tube pressurized the track or the tube that the train was inside of was depressurized, um, you know, to try to cl- create as close to a vacuum as, it, as you can get, you know, because we can't do a perfect vacuum. There's always going to be a, a slight atmosphere with current tech. And then he uh, wanted to basically send an electrical charge down two rails that would uh, propel the uh, the train at very high velocity and, and get you from you know one, one location to the other in a very short amount of time. We're, we're talking multiple thousands of miles an hour uh, in this tube, uh, potentially. The main problem with that, I, I would imagine, is the acceleration. How, how do you accelerate the thing to where humans can withstand it uh, especially humans that are obese or have other, you know, medical conditions, and they not, you know, succumb to the G force or or something like that. So it would it would have to be a a process uh, to get you up to speed. But
0: well, um, Bruce, if we just employ this technology that they're talking about with these twenty one thousand mile an hour jets, then I'm sure we can I'm sure we can find some some way to do it there. So Joe Biden. And I'm quoting here. He says the interstate highway system transformed the way we traveled, lived, worked and developed. Now, he said this on March 31st when he was introducing his American Jobs Plan. How's that working out for the Keystone workers? Just asking. Asking for a friend who's laid off because Keystone was shut down. Imagine what we can do, what's within our reach when we modernize those highways. He continued, you and your family could travel coast to coast without a single
1: tank of gas on board a high speed train. It's not a highway. If you're, so here's the thing. You, you actually point. you nailed it on, on the head saying that the our infrastructure was built around the the automobile. That being the case, why don't we innovate in current technologies and then design infrastructure around those technologies like we did originally, right? Create the new tech, create a, uh, hell, the, the, the next thing in, in automobiles is going to be the next revolution, if you will, is going to be um, hover tech. Whether it's, you know, hovering a a meter off the ground or three feet for those of us that uh, freedom units or flying cars, what have you, you know, something of that. Maybe we should design an infrastructure around that. Maybe we should build those vehicles first, get the designs of those vehicles and then build an infrastructure around that. Because if you have a hovering car, for example, that hovers three meters or or a meter off the ground, three feet off the ground, you don't need a very uh, like... The roads that that we currently have, the infrastructure we currently have, we could more or less keep it just keep it there. I mean, it doesn't matter if cr- you have grass growing through the cracks on that because you're you're three feet off the ground. Like it doesn't matter. You're you're not touching the ground. <laughs> So it doesn't matter the shape of the road. You, you have a nice, smooth ride the entire way.
0: Here's the other thing. When he says modernize those highways, essentially what I'm taking away from that, is, is he talking about building the high-speed rail infrastructure in with the highway
1: system? I mean, I I don't know. That would make sense to a degree, no, uh, would because you already it have. And let me explain why it wouldn't. Because the high-speed rails,
0: and believe me, I, I go on these things, the high-speed rails can't handle the terrain that the roads are laid down on in America with the bends
1: and the curves. It's not possible. It's not possible. Well, in some of the locations, it would make sense because you already own the property, if you will. So, for example, um, here in the, the southern Midwest, there's not many curves. There's not many hills fair, either. Fair. So, when you get
0: past, and pretty much when you get past Columbus, Ohio, man, it is flat all the way to yeah. the time you get to like I-15 and you go south to get to Vegas. Like that's, yeah. th- there's nothing. So yeah. to be fair, I, I will go along with that because that is the most boring, god-awful drive you will ever have uh, is, yeah. is but, across
1: the American flatland. But then you get to the point of the flatlands here like you go to the panhandle of oklahoma you start getting into the the foothills and into the mountains I, I like that you're you're on the edge there you, that that's going to be the problematic is is if you're trying to take a train from california to you know from one coast to the other coast you've got both the rockies and the Smoky Mountains that you're going to have to go through, and the foothills that are in between, and the fault lines, and the so even if you tunneled through those, you've got to you make sure that they're designed to be able to withstand earthquakes and shiftings and all that kind of. It's just there's so much work involved in that. There's no sense in doing something like that. Instead, we should be looking at you know uh, hover tech, flying cars, hypersonic, not supersonic hypersonic um, stuff. That should be the next, you know, direction we go. So on April 7th, so
0: last week, Biden gave another speech that elaborated on what we just talked about. He said, imagine a world where you and your family can travel coast to coast without a single tank of gas on a high speed train. Again, he said, who's the speechwriter? He repeated close to as fast as you can go across the country in a plane. Why wouldn't you just take the plane? How fast do those trains go?
1: Because you're uh, talking...
0: Like I said, there's, it's like taking a jet on land, but it's not quite as fast as a plane. And on top gonna of say, that, yeah. you're going to have like to make stops. 500 miles an hour. Sorry. Yeah, on top of that, you're going to have to make stops. So here's the thing. The average speeds of the fastest scheduled trains in the world today are less than 40% of the average speed of a jet airliner. Japan claims it can increase ground speeds with a maglev, which is the train I talked about. The average speed of a maglev train will still only be half that of your average commercial jet airliners that's reach their high speeds by climbing into the high atmosphere where the air is thinner and trains can't do that and they have to cope with the incredible wind resistance to go
1: over 300 miles an hour yeah so currently the at present uh, a maglev uh can go 310 miles per hour that that's top mm-hmm. speed currently mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but you need a good straightaway uh you know time to accelerate decelerate um that, that, that's why we're talking about that hyperloop, you know the the idea behind that when removing the atmosphere from the, the tunnel itself is exactly what you just stated. Uh, why aircraft can travel at higher speeds, uh, thinner atmosphere. That's, uh, that's kind of one of the ways they're trying to alleviate it. But you still run into the the problem of you have to accelerate and decelerate because the mass of a train, the amount of people on there, you're gonna either have to make each train smaller, and have more of them, or you're going to have to make um, uh, some clever innovations to, um, you know, slow a few hundred tons down in time to, to you know, get, get to the station <laughs> without overshooting. So
0: so as, as, as if that wasn't bad enough, he then talked about the jets that he wants to do or something. I, I don't know. Uh, in the same speech, he went on to say that supersonic jets will soon be able to go 21,000 miles an hour. <laughs>
1: Which is about? So, yeah, go ahead, real quick. Um, uh, so, Vice President, here's what you need to do. Uh, excuse me. Um, previous Vice no, President. No, you had it right. Um, yeah. Well, I was specifically referencing Biden there. Like I said, you had it right. Here's what. Here's what you need to do. Okay. Reduce taxes on companies, or well, all co- corporations in general, and just just give some tax credits or incentives like that for. The manufacture or production or research into uh, the text that you're wanting to do, and allow companies to create the technology, and then go from there. Quit trying to you're you you're putting uh, the 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 cart before the horse in this scenario. This sounds like another mafia era union worker payoff. That that's what this sounds like. Uh huh. Yeah. Just to give people
0: an idea, the Concord, which was the uh, last supersonic jet that was in service. I've been on two of them, uh, that fantastic planes. Um, obviously not. They're in a museum. But just to give you an idea, uh, the speeds that Biden is talking about here for a jet, that's about 15 times faster than the Concorde used to go. So yeah, uh, that's just as ridiculous as the high speed trains going as fast as the jets. Now, if that were true, then why would you take a high speed train? Why wouldn't you just take uh, an airplane across the, the continent? Wouldn't that make more sense? But anyway, so that's the crackpot infrastructure theory. Okay, let's get off that. Right. I'm I'm done with that. Let's get into the uh, let's get into the Minnesota stuff. All right. So this uh, this individual that was shot by a police officer, uh, is it uh, is it Dante? I think so. Dante, right? I I think Uh, that's
1: I think that's it. Yeah. yeah,
0: Okay. All right. So here's here's the here's the guy. Okay. so he gets he gets shot by a police officer. All right. So he had a warrant out for his arrest. OK, that's first and foremost. He had the warrant out for his arrest.
1: The police officer approached. To be clear, the left is saying it was a he had an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror. That was not the case. He had a warrant out for him already.
0: Anyway. Yeah. OK, yeah. Well, yeah, just so we're clear. Yeah, he had a warrant out for his arrest. He didn't show up for court uh, and he was on Instagram brandishing in an illegal firearm the day before. So the police officers approached his car, didn't have their guns drawn, I might add. I've seen the body cam footage. It's out there. Anybody can go look at it. Three officers are there. There's a sergeant and two other police officers. Officer approaches the vehicle on the driver's side, talks to the driver, gets the driver out of the car, and proceeds to put him in handcuffs. Because he's got a warrant out for his arrest. So they were perfectly within their right to, to make the car stop. They were perfectly within their right to take him out of the vehicle. They were perfectly within their right to place him under arrest. However, the backup officer to the arresting officer approaches the vehicle when the suspect attempts to break free and elude and jump back into his car. And she draws her service weapon apparently thinking that it was her taser. Now, when police officers, at least the police officers that I've worked with, and uh, the taser training that I've gone through, and believe me, I've been hit with a taser, it's not fun. It was for training purposes. It wasn't because I was being a criminal. But when a taser is deployed, the officers instructed, they're all trained like this, the officers instructed to say the word taser three times. That way, anybody that's engaging a suspect that's being attempted to be taken into custody disconnects from that suspect so they don't get hit with a taser too there's going to be a current pass through that individual. So you don't want to be any part of that. You want to wait until they're subdued and then you can go back in and uh, and place your hands on. But this officer draws her service weapon in the mistake, thinking that it was her her taser. You hear her say taser, 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 meaning that she's going to tase him. Instead, she discharges one round from her firearm into the suspect. He drives off. I think he bled out and, and crashed four blocks later into a parked car. Yeah. Now, the officers were within their right to make that car stop. The officers were within their right to take him out of the vehicle. They were within their right to place him under arrest. They were not within their right to shoot him, at least according to the body cam footage that I have seen. However, have you heard that there was a
1: firearm in the vehicle? I don't actually know that it was in the vehicle. I think it was on his person, but it might have been in the vehicle. Um Okay. Okay, Um, I'm I'm actually going over the footage real quick.
0: Still, if it was on his person, he didn't draw it. But here's the other thing that brings into question that this is where the legal system gets involved. I don't believe the officer was in was within her right to do that. Did she make a mistake or didn't she? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't say that. But I can say this. I've carried both firearms and tasers, both. And I can tell you there's a significant weight difference. And just the same as you brought up earlier, Bruce, police officers are trained to keep their firearm on their dominant side. So if they're right-handed, their firearm's kept on the right side so they can get to it, which in turn means that your taser is going to be on your left side if you're right-handed, vice versa if you're on the opposite. That's why you always see police officers with their taser. If they're right-handed, their taser is going to be on their left side, but the butt of that taser is going to be facing out towards the front of their person, so they can reach across and get to it. Now, the question is, is why did she reach down and pull her firearm? As I said, there's a significant weight difference. According to Glock, and I'm very well familiar with, uh, with Glock firearms, I'm sure you are too, Bruce, a fully loaded Glock firearm, depending on what caliber, weighs about 35, 36 ounces, somewhere 34 to 36 ounces, depending on caliber and how, much, how big your magazine is. A taser that they're issued, and I've carried the same one mostly that that they're issued. There's a little bit of a difference depending on what department. Some departments use different variants of the same model, but those things don't weigh very much. They weigh maybe six to eight ounces. Aren't you able to tell? Now, I understand that there's a, there's a level of adrenaline that that goes on here I understand that but police officers and and people that work in that environment you're trained to deal with working under pressure like that why did this officer make that mistake that's what I want to know
1: it, it, interesting watching the video over there, there's a the, the point there was a paper or uh, I'm I'm assuming this is the warrant or ticket or something I don't know exactly what but they had it in their right hand and the suspect then tries to, um, well, breaks free of the officers, gets back into the vehicle. During the scuffling and everything, uh, she puts the, uh, the paper in her right hand to her left hand and you see her draw the, the weapon. So it was, a, it was a, I don't know, it was a very conscious decision that, that was made there. But the, the point that she fires, there was no way that guy was going to survive uh, from the, where she shot him. he wasn't going to make it even even if they got immediate medical attention to him he was not going to make it um Mm -hmm. it was right in the side right in the rib cage area and then after the the shot was done and the car drives off you can tell she looks shocked uh and both officers standing there were like uh oh bleep we we just we just um we're in trouble kind of a, a fate reaction is what it looks like so it definitely looks like that was a Uh, An accident. I would chalk it up
0: just just by looking at it. I mean, I I don't know. You know, I I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other, but I would chalk it up to. um, I I don't want to say poor training because if she was indeed trained correctly and then she did that improperly, well, then you can't blame that on the training,
1: can you? Yeah, I I I wouldn't chalk that up to poor training. I would chalk that up to uh, the the heat of the moment and and just. Being so, but
0: that's it. Um, you're like your adrenaline's going. I mean, I, I've been in these situations. I know how it goes. I, I know how it goes. You have to react with a split second decision, and you need to make sure that you make the the damn right choice. That's the way that it is. I was fortunate enough to say that in all my years out there working the criminal side of things on the street, I never made a mistake. That's not to say that, I i mean, I saw other people making their fair share of mistakes, for sure. But I, I was fortunate enough to not make one because at the end of the day, you want to go home. You want to go home. It's not worth your life. If a person gets away one day, especially a criminal, right? And I know this because, I mean, I, I chased him for years. Criminal gets away today, you'll catch him tomorrow. It's always that way. Because they can't change their lifestyle. That's the lifestyle they're stuck in. You don't catch them today. You'll catch them tomorrow. Nothing is worth your life. Nothing is worth your job, your income. None of that. Do your job to the best of your ability. Analyze the situation. And I, again, I know how difficult that is to make those decisions under that amount of pressure. I've done them. I've done them. And you have to make those split-second decisions that can save or end your life. So I get the pressure. I get the pressure. People always asked me, they said, how do you know when a situation you're going into in that line of work, how do you know if that situation is dangerous? And you know what I said? And I said the same answer every single time, every single situation you're in is a dangerous one. And you treat
1: it as such. How many times have we seen just simple traffic stops turn into uh, an officer's been shot? You know, I mean, that, Uh, that happens a lot. Uh, More than it should. But uh, I I can't say it's a lot. It happens more than it should. That said, I'm going to say something that's very controversial and probably get me in trouble. But whatever. I do not think now this situation uh, is not going to matter in in this situation. But generally speaking, I'm not really for having women in in law enforcement, at least uh, on the beat, if you will. And it's not anything to do with, um, you know, I'm I'm sexist and blah, blah, blah. It's all to do with simple biology. Men are inherently stronger naturally. Testosterone, you you can thank that for it. Because of that, when women are going up against men, especially if they're on some kind of drug. I've seen uh, perps on drugs get shot 15 times before they're stopped. And the only reason they're stopped is because their limbs stopped functioning. Like they would have kept going. So I, I don't want to see women out there. Number one, I don't want them in the, the harm's way. I'm old fashioned in that thinking. Men should be the protectors, if you will. I'm I'm old school, you know, oh, bummer. But at the same time, because of that, that physical difference, you, women would have to have a greater training in like martial arts or something. To combat men in, in comparison, right? Uh, I mean, I, and I I know it's this situation, it wouldn't change things. But at the same time, I'm not 100% sure that that wouldn't have changed it because you also have an element of women typically are more emotionally driven than men, generally speaking. And I, I don't know, I just, I, I don't want women in those situations, just inherently. I, I just don't. Uh, I, I would rather have men deal with it. And again, it's not anything to do with sexism or, or any of those kind of things. It's a men used to be hardwired to think that um, your, your job, one of your jobs is to protect women. Uh, that used to be the the way we were hardwired. And honestly, I think we still are. It's that society beats us down so much nowadays that uh, tries to uh, demasculate uh, everybody. Uh, you, you can't be that strong protecting male anymore. Uh, which I think is a detriment to society as a whole. We, we we have we have different specializations, if you will, because of the biological differences. Men are typically stronger physically. They're typically more of a one-track mind. Typically less emotionally driven. Typically, and women are are more or less the opposite of that. More nurturing, um, better at multitasking, fine motor skills sight, smell, you know, all that stuff, they, they, they tend to be better. So really, I I, I want to see our society more of a specialized in that sense, have the men doing more of the brawn jobs than the, 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 the women. And again, it's nothing to do with sexism. It's all to do with just simple biology. What I'm hearing from you is uh, you're a you're a woman hater. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. What what is it? The uh, Misogynist? I think misogynistic. Started? Yes. There's a misogynistic yeah. Yeah. layer going on here. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to keep my women safe. I'll just put it that way.
0: You know, I, I've worked with a lot of women cops. They are the ones that I've worked with. They're no joke. They're no joke. Oh, yeah. They are. They are yeah. tough. It takes a special kind of woman to do that job, and. They have to be, and, and I'm not joking here. And I, 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 I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But I've also worked with them personally, and you have to be. If you're if you're a woman in that job that is largely dominated by males, then you have to be almost twice as intimidating if you're going to make it. That's the attitude that they have to carry, and it's tough. It is tough. That I mean, and that that builds them into a different kind of character than what you would get. With guys, also here's the other thing to it. here's the other thing to it. a lot of times when a cop because let's be honest I, I don't care what the the radical loonies up there that are talking about defunding the police. I'm not talking about this, but a lot of what a cop does is social work already yeah when you're responding to a domestic call, that's being a social worker. these idiots that want to get rid of the police and replace them with social workers have no idea that's what a cop does already. So you already have social workers. But here's the other thing. When you have a lot of tense situations in domestic situations, a lot of times that female officer will have better success in those scenarios than what a male officer will have. In my experience, I've gone to domestic calls with female officers before, and they get better results out of that situation than what a male officer would be because the typical... Uh, I'm not saying all police officers do this, but I've seen police officers go in to those uh, situations when we respond to calls like that and they go in there and it's like they're strong arm and they're doing this, they're not listening and, and things like that. But typically when you have a female officer respond to a domestic call, they'll
1: handle it better. And I'm not uh, to that point. I'm not. I, I don't disagree there. Um, that that is an area that, it, looking at it from lot you know, from a biological sense, um, they're more uh, wired that way. Anyway, they can handle those situations better. The the thing that I'm specifically getting to is um, uh, <laughs> just testosterone. When you look at just the physical brawn side of things, a, a a woman at the peak of testosterone levels, right? She's the highest that naturally occurs in women, there's still one fourth of the lowest level that naturally occurs in men. And at that level in men, (laughs) a doctor will prescribe testosterone to you because you're too low. An average male has about 600 uh, deciliters per whatever it was, I don't remember. And women have on the high end, 70 deciliters per uh, it's like nanogram or na- I, don't, I don't remember na- something. Even at the peak end, though, for men, you're at 1200 deciliters per whatever, same measurement. So in other words, you're 20 times more, you know, it, it, really, I would I would say a uh, police officer probably has a little bit higher testosterone levels because they're more physically active than your average male in the US. So but the, the, to my point on that, when when there's such a difference there, that affects muscle structure, density, bone structure, density. I mean, the way you cognitively process things, it affects your entire being as much as science wants to deny that right now. So I'm not saying necessarily that women should be completely off the force and they should not be involved. I'm saying that I would prefer the more physically demanding portions of law enforcement to be male dominated just because biologically speaking they're they're more capable biologically speaking, even if a woman is at the peak of testosterone levels they're still um It's still a fraction of what what an average male is.
0: Well, Bruce, I tell you what, I have a I have a solution for all of this. Okay, actually, it's not my solution, so I can't take credit for it. Uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, she has a solution for it. She calls for an end to policing following the Dante Wright shooting in Minnesota. And how how does that
1: even how does that even play for her? She's she's OK. She's an Islamist. Okay, there's a difference between a Muslim and an Islamist. She believes in Sharia law. How is it in Sharia law? Like, it, there, there is police in Sharia law, though technically it's not government.
0: I'm surprised she's even making a statement because as far as, I, as far as I was under the impression, she was still traumatized from what happened on January 6th when she wasn't even there. Right. So uh, she's called for an end to policing nationwide. We're talking nationwide. Get rid
1: of all cops. Can you imagine? Get rid of all cops. They they can't even do that. You could do that on a federal level. You could say, okay, federally, we're going to get rid of the FBI, CIA. If you federalized Uh, the police. Well, yeah, if you were to federalize it. But the the thing is, is even if you were to federalize federalize it and ban it, doesn't matter. A state could say, we're going to have police. Sorry, don't care what you say. And they're going to have police. What? What? Seriously. If a Supreme, if the Supreme Court rules on something, if the federal uh, system rules on something, but a state stands up and says, F you, we're going to do what we want. What is the government going to do in retaliation?
0: Nothing. And they'll like it. Talib's remarks echo that of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is calling for police departments throughout the United States to be defunded, if not outright abolished. In addition to calling for an end to policing, it all gets better than that. Talib called for an end to incarceration and to close the prisons, which would undoubtedly prompt the release of violent felons, sexual predators, and even convicted terrorists back into society. This book pretty much describes what she's talking about. And this book I'm holding in my hands, Bruce, you can see it. It's called Burn Down the American Plantation. It's written by the revolutionary abolitionist movement. In this book, they describe all prisoners in the criminal justice system as political prisoners. You're a political prisoner. You're, you're being oppressed by the system. The system's imprisoning you. You deserve to be out and and to be liberated. See, that's what they're not telling you, is all of these groups, like I said the other day, I believe that Antifa, BLM, I believe that they're connected in with this group, Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement, along with the ideology that she is promoting. Yes, I agree with you that she's talking about the Sharia law. I understand. But at the core of it, this group right here was also run, or excuse me, was also formed by the Marxist Kurds from Syria, right? Now, we're not talking about the Kurds from Turkey, different type of Kurd, but these are the Marxist Kurds, aren't they? Yeah, the revolutionary abolitionist Mm -hmm. movement. And see, here's the thing. Revolutions cost money, a lot of it. You don't just decide, hey, we're going to have a revolution and, uh, you know, how do you like that? And we're going to get everybody on board with it. No, 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 no. See, you don't promote causes like this unless it pays. And someone has to be paying for all this. Someone has to be paying a lot of money for all this. And I'll bet you his names are GS and BG. Just throwing those two names out there. By the way, new report has come out. The NGOs that are run largely by George Soros Open Society Foundations and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundations have heavily swayed the European Court of Human Rights, who just ruled this week that
1: vaccinations are necessary in democratic societies. Didn't see that one coming. The other thing about the, the whole Islamist Muslims, you know, all that stuff. I think they're the left is hoping that they're useful idiots. The the thing is is they're Islamists you, are a hold on a second. How how do you hope to be a useful idiot? Well, they're not I, I don't think they're hope I don't think it's the Islamists who are hoping to be useful idiots. I think the left is hoping that they'll be useful idiots in the sense of they're using them oh, currently. Okay. I got you, yes. And yeah. treating them as as if they were useful idiots. But the thing yes. is is they're they're a very dangerous, useful idiot. Very dangerous. Well, so is the Chinese Communist take, Party. Uh, agreed. Uh, both of them are very dangerous in their in their own right. The problem with going the Islamist route is um I don't know. We we are seeing this in um Minnesota where they're they're talking about doing lockdowns and that kind of curfews, if you will. Um but you know, that they're, they're not doing that for the muslim population of course they're exempt from that especially with ramadan coming up and everything mosques um, are open you can't yeah well they were open when the lockdowns happened yeah i mean they're, they're they get open. special treatment churches and are oh special. if you show
0: up oh yeah do you see what happened to the uh the pastor the the church up there in calgary the pastor that stood up and told him to get out yeah, he's in jail. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, the church got surrounded and uh, and barricaded. So the congregation showed up, tore the fences down. They sent two hundred cops back in riot gear and shut it down. Talib, who is a member of the Democrat so called squad, what is this high school?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's the what is it? Talib, Ilan Omar, yeah, AOC, yeah, yeah. AOC. and I forget the other one.
0: Uh, Presley. I- Anna Presley. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I it. I think yeah. I think that's her. She weighed in on the shooting on Tuesday evening and rejected the Brooklyn Center Police Department's explanation that the shooting was accidental as the female cop involved allegedly mistook her standard issue firearm for a taser during the arrest. She says she says that it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist, she wrote
1: on Twitter. Interesting. Ha- um, the, uh, Buddha judge is also saying that about uh, the um, our transportation everything is as transportation wise was inherently racist like it it was built in it has racism built in which is an interesting thing because um I, I don't know if people know this but a lot of the black communities now used to be white communities so if if the transportation system was already uh racist to begin with wouldn't that mean it, it's a, it's a step up for the black communities that are now in white communities it it kind of defeats the narrative there but Law enforcement also, uh, back to the point, um, there's proportionally, if you look at per capita, you know, the population here in the U.S. and the per capita, how many law enforcement are uh, people of color uh, will be um, politically correct, the ratios don't match. There's more... Uh, minority law enforcement officers proportionally per capita than there are white, you know, comparing it to our our uh, populations. So here's the other thing. Because of this shooting happened,
0: they're out there burning the streets down again. So you don't need to worry about the, uh, the George Floyd trial. See, that's that's old news. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. Now they're playing up this other thing. But see, the riots that happened because of George Floyd, how they exploited that. Well, that was Trump's fault, wasn't it? All that that was out there in the streets, that was all Trump's fault. Well, Trump's not there now. Who are you blaming now? See, the same groups, the same people, the same thugs are out there rioting, looting, burning. Doesn't matter who the president is. I don't hear the media blaming the administration for their lack of inaction. Do you? I don't hear that. No. I don't hear the administration calling for an immediate end to the violence in the streets. Do you? I, I don't. No. Reverse this situation. Let's say there were a bunch of uh, right wing uh, neo-Nazis out there in the streets, bunch of skinhead idiots. Let's say they were out there in the streets doing that. What do you think the administration and the media would do? They would shut that down before tomorrow morning, and they should. Why isn't this being shut down? Crime and no punishment in Minnesota. So they're rioting again. And not just there. You see, Seattle decided that, I mean, the the chapters out there decided, well, uh, to show our solidarity with those in Minnesota, we're going to riot and loot and burn out here, too because that makes sense. That that makes sense. So here's all these businesses that were torched and ruined last year that have put everything they've had back into rebuilding their businesses, if they were even allowed to open. And now the same people are back out there in the same neighborhoods, smashing the same businesses that have rebuilt all over again. Yeah. Walmart, Foot Locker, right? These are just two companies. Target, there's another one. We'll talk about that. Walmart and Foot Locker donate $300 million to racial justice, but they get looted during the racial justice riot. Tell me how that makes sense. Target's given $2 billion and they're getting looted. Hell, Target was one of the first stores to get looted during the George Floyd thing. You remember that? you seeing the woman getting hit with the fire extinguisher in the wheelchair? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen some of these videos. I've been posting some videos, a lot of the looting and stuff that's going on up in Minneapolis. That's that's insane. That's insane. Like that, last year, I mean, that was bad enough. This is, I mean, this is part two. That's all this is.
1: Uh, Last year, it was $2 billion worth of insurance claims, Um, and I I forget how many people were killed and injured, but uh, lots of people killed killed and injured. I'm I'm wanting to say it was like in the 30s or 40s, people killed, but mostly, mostly peaceful, you you see, which inherently means it's um, that when you say something's mostly peaceful, what's what's the other 49% of it? President Biden made a statement
0: uh, just yesterday uh, condemning the uh, the obvious criminality. I'm just repeating what he says here. He says, I want to make it clear again. There's absolutely no justification, none for looting. No justification for violence. Peaceful protests. Understandable? That's what the president had to say on it. I mean, that that's great. What are you doing about it? They're doing absolutely nothing about it. So, the Seattle, let's talk about Seattle, right? So Seattle, they decided that they were going to riot in solidarity. Yeah, because I mean, apparently that's what you do. You you riot in solidarity. Activists marching through downtown Seattle Monday night, vandalized multiple businesses following an officer involved fatal shooting of Dante Wright in Minnesota. Subsequent riots and looting rocked Minnesota. But they also decided that they were going to gather in Occidental Park at 7 p.m. and begin marching at 8 p.m. During the march, multiple businesses along Fifth Avenue were vandalized as the group marched south. No arrests were reported at the time of publishing, but the authorities were on loudspeakers broadcasting warnings to the activists not to block traffic and to keep demonstration peaceful or face arrest. Well, if you just tell them to to keep it peaceful or you're going to face arrest, they're going to listen, right? yeah I mean,
1: clearly, we, we uh, obviously, the problem with the riots last year and uh, the the property damage and everything, we don't actually have any laws barring people from damaging private property or or assaulting people or even murder. So, Clearly, that's why th- that happened and, and it didn't stop them from from happening. And, you know, it also explains the, the recent uh, shootings that we've been seeing here lately and everything that the media has been droning on about, which are terrible events. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're pushing the events because they're trying to take our guns. Um, it, obviously, those happen because we don't have any kind of background checks or we, we don't have any, um, you know, barring felons from getting firearms. And, you know, clearly that's the problem. We we just don't have any laws barring those kind of things.
0: Well, Bruce, you'd be happy to know that uh, any of them that got arrested, they were circulating phone numbers and legal support lines and hotlines from the National Lawyers Guild, who offered up their services pro bono to uh, represent anyone that was arrested uh, during the uh, uh, the riots. Uh, if anyone was uh, was arrested subsequent to the uh, the looting, then. Um, they had the legal support hotline available that night, starting at 7 p.m., coincidentally right at the same time the uh, the gathering was happening. Um, and if they would just call 206, OK, try me, they would get legal representation sent down to the uh, uh, the courthouse. Now, if it were me, yeah, if it were me, I would have the National Lawyers Guild under investigation and I would be arresting the leadership. That that I mean, that's just me.
1: Yeah, I, I would have to agree that that would definitely uh, warrant an investigation, in my opinion, as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could start with criminal conspiracy. I mean, that that's where I would start, but that's yeah. you know, again, that's just me. You know, if I if I were if I were an investigator, <laughs> I mean, that's where I would start. But you know, we don't have investigations in the United States of America anymore. Anyway, I, I'm j- oh, man, I'm I'm so tired of it already. Like we haven't even gotten started in the summer of Rage Part Two, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm tired of it already. I'm just I'm sick of it. All right. Anyway. But uh, yeah, you for being here today, Bruce. All right. Uh, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. Uh, you'll get access to all of our content because we're mirroring all of our podcasts we're putting out here every day. So uh, get signed up to us over there. You'll get all of our podcasts plus an exclusive podcast we put out once a week. And you'll also get access to our newsfeed. We post articles and, and things like that. And um, you can take part in our discussions. Uh, and things of that nature coming up in the future. Also, I had a uh, question today as to when we're going to do live Q&A that's going to be coming up in the uh, the coming days we need to uh, we need to get that off the ground I'm dragging my feet on it uh, but we need to do it so uh, yeah get signed up to us on telegram also if you'd like to reach out to us you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamic and we would ask you to pass this along to friends family known as associates we are trying to grow as much as possible but we do need your help in order to do that so if you could pass us along we would appreciate that we are available everywhere you get your podcast also if you're rating podcast if you can give us a rating when you get a chance that would be great as well five stars would be a plus thank you very much all right thank you for being here today Bruce thank you to all the listeners everyone have a great evening